0: Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to Adorned Podcast. We're on episode 45, and we have a fun little episode today. We're going to recap what we've seen um, so far in Genesis and talk about a conference that we just went to last weekend.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So, Casey,
0: let's tell everybody where we went last weekend.
1: So we went to a conference. It was in Dallas, and it's called Proclaim Truth, Mm -hmm. and it is a conference for any women that are in a position of teaching the Bible, um, even if that just means teaching at home. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to say just means, but even if that means teaching at home and you don't have like this other platform, like you're, you're not teaching at church or you're not teaching um, on a podcast like we are, even for, for women that want to teach their family better at home. Um, and it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting. I was thinking about this because it was very, very evident that God wanted us there. Yes. We first heard about this conference in the fall and the weekend that it was, was a weekend that we already had plans like all the way in January. And this was like August or September. And we already had plans set for this weekend. So we're like, nope, can't do it. And then slowly those plans kind of didn't come together. And so we were thinking, should we go? Should we not? It was going to be a really expensive weekend. And um, so we just kind of were like, no, like it's too much money. We can't do Mm -hmm. it. But then the Lord just kept putting it in our faces over and over. And so we dove in and we said, okay, we're going to find the money. Each of us were able to find the money Mm -hmm. one way or another. And we said, let's do this. We um, got our tickets. We booked our hotel. And then the week before, some crazy things happened at home with me. Crazy, crazy, crazy things. And I was like, y'all, I'm not going to be able to go. Um, Our friend Katie, who's been on the podcast before and does our music for the show, she was going with us as well. I said sorry, I'm not going to be able to go. And um, the Lord just basically said, yes, you are. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to make a way for you to go. And so he made a way and we all were able to go. And it was such a good weekend. And we learned so much. So much truth was spoken. I feel like our hearts were refreshed. And um, just even more passion was ignited inside of us to teach the word and to teach it well. Yes. Yes.
0: I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Specifically for me, I, I had said, you know, like, there's no way I can afford that. And then random people kept saying, Hey, have you seen this conference? Mm -hmm. I think you should go to this. And I just kept being like, well, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And then just out of the generosity of some, um, some friends that I have for Christmas, they didn't even know I want to go to this conference, but, um, my class at the gym, actually, they, they gifted me, um, a gift card for Christmas and I was able to then just use that for the conference, which was so, so awesome. God definitely made it evident. And, um, let's talk about the actual location of, where the the
1: (laughs) Erin just (laughs) cannot get over this I've been telling her for five years literally five years that churches in Dallas are different and we pull up to is it Park Park, Park City's Baptist Church which is a huge church if you live in the Dallas area you know that and Erin just can't get over it because it had (laughs) a parking garage garage. it's it's a beautiful old church and like
0: elevators and I was like (laughs) I I it seemed like a college campus to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like overwhelmed and everybody just thought I was ridiculous, yeah. but
1: I'm not used to that. It was crazy. <laughs> North Dallas was a new thing for Erin. Yes. So she's been cultured a little bit now. <laughs>
0: and they have some good food up there too. Yeah. We had some good food. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to the real, the real meat of it. What yes. was, was one of the favorite, your favorite things from that conference?
1: So the whole focus of the conference, the theme was, it was called knowing God, right? When that, what they said, I think that's what it said, but sure. it was basically all on the doctrine of God, which um, we did a whole series yes. on this. And so little plug to go back and listen to that, um, at the very beginning of our podcast. But, um, some things that really stood out to me, Jen Wilkin was the one teaching, um, two of the sessions and we've talked about her a lot, but she has two different books. Well, she's got more than two books, but two of her books are called none like him and in his image and I've read one of them. I've read None Like Him. I think Aaron's read a little mm-hmm. bit of in his image as well. Um, but these books, None Like Him is about God's incommunicable attributes. So that means his attributes that we cannot have as as humans, we cannot have these attributes. The communicable attributes are the attributes that we can have and um, that we are able to, to strive for. And so as we were discussing these attributes of God, it was just such a good reminder to me that God is God and I am not. And they pointed us back to Mark 12, 28, and it says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well and asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And so the whole weekend they just kept reminding us to um to reorient ourselves and to um to stand rightly before the Lord and to think about just just to stand in awe of him mm-hmm. and to think about how big and how how great he is and how incomprehensible he is. And um So Jen has this list. She has the two different lists, one of incommunicable attributes and one of communicable attributes. And when you look at those lists, you see at the top of the incommunicable attributes is infinite. And the top of the communicable attributes is holy. And underneath infinite, um, there's other things such as uh, incomprehensible and self-existent and self-sufficient, eternal and immutable. And all of these things. And she just went through and talked about, she talks about this in her book too. But this was just such a good reminder to me. Um, so many times we are striving to achieve these attributes that we are not supposed to possess. Mm-hmm. Like the big one that stood out for me is God's omniscience. He mm-hmm. is all knowing. And as Jen said, when we get the Googles, which she's talking <laughs> about, like when we just Google and Google and Google nonstop different things. Most of the time, it's because we're trying to be something we're not. We're mm-hmm. trying to be all-knowing when we are not supposed to be all-knowing. And we are just wasting our time, mm-hmm trying to, to know all of these things that we're not supposed to know. But then there's this other list. And at the top of that list is holy. And then everything else is underneath it. It's loving and just and good, merciful, gracious, long suffering, wise, faithful, righteous. All of these things are, are attributes that we can possess. And as we work towards these attributes, then that's what we talk about so many times is, is that sanctification and that striving to be more like Jesus. And so that was just a really good reminder to me to, um, to stand rightly before the Lord and to be in awe of him and to see who he is and to see who I am not, Mm -hmm. but yet who he made me to be. Mm -hmm. And so that was just really, really good. I, I, I really liked that. Um, Another thing is when we're talking about sanctification, I think about, okay, well, how do we do this? Mm -hmm. How, like, is this just something that after we become a Christian, after we're, you know, when we're a believer, it like just happens? It doesn't. So I think. One of the things that we have to remember and that we talk about a lot on the podcast is that studying the Bible is so very important Mm -hmm. to this process. And I just, even yesterday, I saw on Facebook this discussion about how it doesn't matter how much Bible you know. Basically, we just need to be like Jesus. Mm. And I was how can so you know how to be like frustrated. Jesus? <laughs> I was so frustrated by that because I was like, in John one one, it says, "In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God." That's talking about Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. is the Word. We are not going to know who He is and how to be like Him if we don't spend time in the Word. Mm-hmm. And so. Yes, like some people say it's not the Father, Son, um, Holy Spirit, and Holy Bible. And that's right. Like it's not the fourth part of the Trinity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our salvation does not come from knowing more of the Bible. Our salvation, we believe, is 100% through faith in Jesus Christ. But this sanctification process that after you become a believer is so important the way, the the main way that we know who Jesus is, we know who God is, is to study his word. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was the second takeaway. And just kind of a little soapbox of mine right Mm -hmm. now because it's just so very important. And um, then the last thing was Elizabeth Woodson, who was one of the other speakers, and she spoke about the Trinity, and she did an incredible job. But one of the very last things she said in one of her sessions was, where will the muscle memory of your heart take you when it comes to who god is. Mm. And um it's really hit me because like I said, I was there. I was at this conference during a really tough week, one of the toughest weeks I think I've ever experienced. And My, and I told Katie and Aaron this, like my head kept reminding me Mm -hmm. of who God is, who God is over and over. And it's because I had been so grounded in Mm -hmm. this past year of all of his attributes and, and on who he is that even when my heart was hurting and my heart was having trouble believing, my head was able to tell me these truths. And so I think we've talked about it and we've stressed it on the show before, but it's important to remember that spending time learning about God when things are good mm-hmm. in your life is so important because when things go wrong, when things get hard, you will be grounded in mm-hmm. that truth. Mm-hmm. And there's just so something so comforting in that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, those were kind of the big takeaways. It was an incredible weekend mm-hmm. and um I wish that I could just, I wish we could just like replay it for all of you (laughs) because it was so great. But
0: yeah, that's why we were like, we got to talk about this on the podcast. A couple of people actually told us that, are you going to talk about this on the podcast? And we're like, yeah, that's a good idea. We should be able to take what we learned and kind of share tidbits so that everybody can um, learn a little bit. And I'm just going to talk for a second about some of the Breakout. So, what they did was like they did the main sessions, which is what Casey was just talking about. And then they had these times where you could go to different workshops. They had so many choices. Um, and I'm just going to cover a little th- bit of each one that I went to. So, the first one um, I went to w- was about, um, oh, I don't remember the order actually, but the first one I'm going to talk about was about biblical theology, which was really, really neat. So, we've talked on here a little bit about. Some different doctrines and things, and there's, a, I guess, kind of two different ways you can approach that when you're trying to find, study theology. And there's systematic theology, which is typically what I'm a little more apt to focus on, where that's where you're like picking a topic and then you look at what all the different scriptures that address that topic say. Um, is that a fair way to yep. describe? Okay. Yep. Okay. And then biblical theology is a little bit different, it's more of tracing a theme throughout the story of scripture. So maybe your theme would be like kingdom. So you would kind of see where the kingdoms are like throughout scripture. Like where are we now as far as a kingdom and and that and that kind of stuff. Or maybe you're searching the, the you know studying covenants. So you would look mm-hmm. at the covenants throughout scripture. And this was really neat to me because I've never really studied the Bible this way, but the woman who taught it, her name was Carolyn Smiley, she was fan fantastic like she explained it all in just a wonderful way and she encouraged everyone to try to just on their own write down in one or two sentences try to summarize the bible and I was like whoa like how do you do that yeah and then she tried to get everybody to do it in four words and I was like whoa whoa so she said she explained it as um Shoot, I didn't write down what she said, but she's—I'm pretty sure she said it—that um, God's story of redemption, mm, four words, mm-hmm. like things like that, where oh, you that's can, good. yes. And then she said, from there you can break it down, but when you have that solid of grounding of this is what the Bible is—it's mm-hmm. God's story of redemption. Then she would talk about, you know, like creation, fall. Um,
1: Redemption, Redemption restoration, restoration, and
0: then you can break it down even more from there. So like creation, fall, the patriarchs, the exodus, and kind of like add in, as you know, different yeah. stories in different categories. But um, one thing she was talking about is like, why is it important to study the Bible this way? Why is it important to know the whole narrative of scripture? And she, she just said, she answered it in a short sentence and I thought it was so perfect. She said, because it's God's story.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Right.
0: And so, um, that was just really, that was helpful for me. And she said, um, it's inerrant and it's sufficient, Mm -hmm. which obviously we know, and we've talked about how it's inerrant, but I don't think we've really talked too much about how it's sufficient. Right. And I think that's a really something that stood out to me was because yes, I know it's infallible and I know it's God's story, but do I believe it's enough? Like, do I really believe it's enough for what I'm facing today? Do I believe it's enough to tell me about who God is? Do I believe it's enough to show me how to live like Jesus? Do I think the Bible is sufficient? And so that's kind of what I walked away from that one. was like, I need to know more about the whole story of scripture to really root myself in the fact that it is inerrant, it's God's story, and it is sufficient sufficient for all. So I really liked that. Um, I really want to (laughs) study biblical theology more now. And if that's something you're interested in, she said her top resource on that is a book called The Drama of Scripture. Mm -hmm. I just ordered it on Thriftbooks for $3.99. So Thriftbooks is a new website that I found.
1: It's you're dangerous. welcome. <laughs> and you're da- yes.
0: I was going to say, you're welcome and I'm sorry. I'm sorry at the same time. <laughs> um, so that was a really good one. And then they had this breakout that was called Theology for Kids, for like teaching kids. And it was a mix of people who serve in children's ministry, but then also people like me who don't serve in children's ministry, but have kids. Have kids, kids yeah. Um, and it was really, really neat. She She walked us through the Trinity, which is one of the most complicated doctrines, mm-hmm. but helped us kind of be able to re- take it to a level that kids can understand, which was such a grace from God because my kids have been asking a lot about Trinity stuff. Oh, like wow. Jesus died on the cross, but then how was God in heaven? Right. And, and how is God everywhere if he was on the like? And I'm like, oh man, this is so hard. But she did a really great job and she reminded us, and I think this is encouraging for when we're thinking about talking about theology with kids or friends or non-believers. She said, you can make it understandable without making it watered down and Ooh. she said it in a prettier way I that's like my that. my rephrase she yeah. said you don't have just because it's complex doesn't mean it's confusing or just because it's confusing doesn't mean you need to unconfusify it that's not a <laughs> word <laughs> but it. but you know what i'm I saying like it. Yes, right and so yeah. her, she was talking about how like if you just sometimes say what it is okay mm-hmm. trinity is god is one essence mm-hmm. in three persons god the father God, the son and God, the spirit. And just say that and then answer their questions as they go. She said, we do this a lot with kids and with, you know, friends or whoever. We try to answer questions that they're not even asking. Mm-hmm. And this was really,
1: That's true. really
0: something that I needed to hear because even like with my husband or with anybody, if if I hear them ask a question, I'm like, Okay, well, I'm going to try to answer four more questions beyond that. When really I should just engage mm-hmm. with the questions they're asking, and um, so that was that was really helpful. And then my, well, I can't say my favorite breakout because they're all really good. But wait, we got, I like
1: what I like. Okay, something good. stood out to me that you said about the Trinity. Yes, how. It makes it a, just a little bit easier to understand if you say the Father is yes. God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. Yes. And just wording it a little bit different, mm-hmm. that was super helpful for that, me. Yeah. I liked that, that a lot. That helped me too. When she yeah. said that, I was like, oh, I feel like I understand a little bit more
0: now. Yeah. I don't really know why, but mm-hmm. I feel like that wording is helpful, super yeah. helpful. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, that. I
1: liked that a lot. Thank you.
0: Um, and then another breakout we went to was we got to sit in and watch a live <laughs> recording of our favorite podcast, yes. Knowing Faith.
1: Yes. Little plug for their podcast. Go listen. That's yes.
0: One. It's oh, it was so fun to just like watch them because when you listen to a podcast, I mean, you know you're listening to this. You can't see how right now my hands are up in the air and right. I'm swinging them around right. because you just can't see me. And the bun's flopping on my, top of her head. My <laughs> I had to come straight from teaching at the gym. So I have a floppy bun just flopping <laughs> around in my head. So it was fun to watch. It's um, Jen Wilkins. JT English and Kyle Worley and Elizabeth Woodson Mm -hmm. was on it too and at one point like JT got up and stood behind (laughs) his chair and I was like oh this is interesting yeah yeah it
1: got kind of intense
0: yeah they were talking about a lot of things I mean they were talking about doctrine and the importance of doctrine and straight from the bible versus creeds and a lot of different Mm -hmm. stuff so it was it was very fun
1: it was a lot of fun anything else you want to say about that. that conference I don't think so. It was, it was good. It was so good. I'm still kind of processing it yeah. all. Yeah. It was awesome. Looking back at my notes and kind of sharing things with Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like there were tons of affirmations for us too. Yes. Um, just in some ministry work that we're doing. And it was like God just giving us little sprinkles of you're doing the right thing. Like, yeah, keep keep headed that direction so that was that was sweet and kind
0: yes oh and I won that I get to go next year for free I won won a contest (laughs) (laughs) so So if
1: you want to go next year come with us us. we'll be there we'll be there
0: (laughs) all right let's shift into now what we're going to do is we're going to kind of recap. So we know there's been so much stuff that we've covered in the last 10, 11 chapters about Genesis, creation, fall, all of that, all the sin, but all of God's grace and his justice and his mercy. There's been some big doctrines that we've talked about. Um, Obviously we've been talking about the doctrine of God, doctrine of sin, doctrine of humanity, lots of different things. And so we're going to kind of do a quick recap and then some things that um, we, before we walk away from this first 11 chapters, some things we really want to make sure we're clear on and like we understand before we move forward.
1: Yeah. So I feel like this is kind of a good um, pausing point for Mm -hmm. us and a good place to recap because the first 11 chapters, you see this um, God of creation. Mm -hmm. He's creating everything and everything's kind of coming into being and people are sinning and he destroys the earth because of the sin and then he recreates. And um, But then as we shift into chapter 12, we start to see this one family line and God Mm -hmm. makes this covenant that we start to see, um, form that'll ultimately lead to Jesus. Yes. And, um, so it's, it's a good place to kind of take a little bit of a pause, I think. Yeah, I agree.
0: So do you want to kind of give a recap?
1: There's a lot to recap. We can do this together. (laughs) Let's do this together. I'm like trying to put it on you. You want to give a recap? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So. We'll do it chapter by chapter. Let's okay, good go. Idea, good okay, idea. so chapter one is that drone view that we have of creation, right? Mm-hmm. It's that God made this on this day, this day, this day. Um, he created. He said, "Let there be." We see the ex nihilo, which mm-hmm. means something from nothing, and um, right, yeah. Yes. And <laughs> I'm like getting all my big words <laughs> confused. So we see that zoomed out view, and then um, what do we see in chapter two? Chapter two, we see a more
0: close up personal view with the creation. Of um, re-talking about the creation of man and how now we're at breathing distance because we see that God breathes life into Adam and we see um, just some beautiful
1: language, I guess you could say, as we as it's we talk about that. Yes. a little more poetry, yeah. A little more poetry than the first than the first um, chapter. We
0: see the first time that God said something was not good. That's mm-hmm. in chapter two, right? It's not good for man to be alone. Right. We right. see
1: created to be a helpmate mm-hmm. and men were created to work and keep. Yep. Yep. So we see all that in chapter two In chapter three. Duh, duh, <laughs> duh, duh, duh. <laughs> That's what we always say in chapter three. <laughs> um, uh, we see the fall. Yes. We see that nasty serpent um, come and tempt Eve and she gives in to temptation um, because she wants that food. And, um, Adam proceeds to eat as well and God seeks them out. Mm -hmm. Um, even though he's an all knowing God and he knows what he's, what they've done. He, he still seeks them out. And, um, then towards the end, um, well in verse 15, right? Yep. And fifth, no. Yeah. The proto evangelium. Yeah. The proto evangelium, another, Big word, but that's basically saying that that's the first time we see the gospel. We see that that Jesus is going to come, um, and that gives us a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. In chapter 4, we see more
0: sin, one of our least favorite stories in the Bible. Um, we see the first murder. We see um, where Eve thought that that was going to be her redemption, but then one of her sons is conquered by death, and one of her sons is conquered by sin, so neither of them are obviously the redeemer. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just continue to see more sin. And then chapter
1: five. Okay. Yeah. In chapter five, we see, um, they go back and start doing more descendants of Adam and we see that they have Seth. And so we follow Seth's line down all the way to Noah. And in that we see the oldest man who ever lived, Mm -hmm. um, Methuselah. We also see how, um, God just took Enoch um, without him dying. I -hmm. thought that was really interesting too. I learned
0: something, and this is a little pause in our recap, but I I was learning something this week about how much, you know, we already say the importance of genealogy and that kind of stuff, but this person was saying that everything in the Bible is like concerned with people's names or places, like everything. There's a lot of names in the Mm -hmm. Bible, and that's because God – like we know, is intimate yes. and cares about that yes. kind of I stuff. Yes, I liked so that too. I, I heard that. the same thing. I liked that too. Okay. Anyways, chapter six, then we start to see, um, we go back to the, um, I don't. I almost said unclean line, but yeah. that's not the right word, but Cain's line, and we see the wickedness of man. We see that really hard verse where it says that God had sorrow over what he created. Mm-hmm. We see the, um, the deconstruction. Of, of what he had made the 180 from everything was good and now all was evil continually even the thoughts of the heart um, and then we start to see where uh, Noah is building the ark and God tells him what's going to happen which made no sense at the time since it had never rained and um, the story we all are familiar with about Noah all the way through do you want to talk more about that
1: Um, Next couple chapters. Yeah. I mean, just we see God tell Noah and his family to go into the ark with the animals. Um, We're still not sure about the fish, but (laughs) they go in and um, they're in the ark for a long time. It rains for 40 days and 40 nights. But as we talked about before, it wasn't just 40 days and 40 Mm -hmm. nights that they were actually in the ark. They were in the ark for many, many, many months. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the waters begin to recede and he sends out the different birds and they're able to to eventually come out of the ark when they know that the water is gone. And then God makes this beautiful covenant with Noah. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of chapter
0: nine, we see that phrase again, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And this is something we're, we're going to um, talk about as we continue through Genesis. But as we have seen so far, we see that that call again on God's people to be fruitful and to multiply. And we see him um, say it again a couple verses later. And then, um then there's this sad moment where God had done an incredible thing, but then Noah like builds an altar and is like, yes, Lord, thank you. And then all of a sudden falls back into his sinful ways, mm-hmm. that dang depravity, as Casey <laughs> liked to call it on that episode. <laughs> um, and we see this curse um, on Canaan because I don't know how to s- t- recap it without telling the whole story.
1: That's okay. You can tell it. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, go ahead.
0: So anyways, one of the sons comes in and sees Noah and goes and tells his other son, his brothers, and that was shameful. And so there's a curse on Canaan and um, then a blessing on uh, Shem and Japheth, their line, which then we go into chapter 10 yep. with some more crazy names.
1: Yeah, so in chapter 10, um, we basically, like we talked about when we went over these, these chapters, we see the result of what is going to happen in chapter 11. So we see all of these different um, groups of people kind of dispersed into different areas. And that's what we see happening in chapter 10. So it looks like they're obeying God by being fruitful and multiplying and spreading. But then we get to 11 and we see that that actually was not the case. Mm -hmm.
0: And 11 is um, what we talked about last week on the show with the Tower of Babel. And, um, y'all are familiar with that one if you listened last week, but it's my favorite part of that story is how they were trying to build up to heaven. And then it says, but God came, came down. down. <laughs> it's like, huge. joke. And
1: I love that. And I love how we can see as we're recapping this just really fast, we see God constantly coming back, coming mm-hmm. back, coming mm-hmm. back for his children. And I love that. Yeah. It's just such a big theme yep. um, throughout the whole Bible, but especially these first few chapters. Yes. Yes.
0: So that's kind of where we stopped. And before we move on to kind of give us a preface for where we're going for the rest of Genesis, let's kind of say what are some main themes that you've noticed or some main takeaways that you've really just the Lord has shown you through these first 11 chapters?
1: I think just... I mean, like I said, God constantly coming back for his children Mm -hmm. and, and seeking us out, even though he is this all knowing, all powerful God, like he desires to be in relationship with us. He desires, um, for us to come to him and to, to, um, to speak to him and tell him what's going on. I feel like we see that over and over, but just his sovereignty in it all. I mean, if you look at at the different lines and like we've talked about in past episodes, like there's even significance in the, in the numbers, like the, the number of generations between Mm -hmm. like, um, just how much he is a God of order and how much, like, no matter what happens, like he will fulfill his plan, not because of our sin, but despite of Mm -hmm. our sin, you'll hear a little bit more about that in the weeks to come. Um, but just, just like I talked about earlier, just all of his different attributes that shine even in the first few chapters of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of scattered, but those are just kind of things that pop to the front of my head when I think about the first 11 chapters. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think something that
0: the Lord has really been teaching me through these is that I have a lot of questions, right? So there's, I mean, you heard it in the chapters about sin. Like, where the heck does this snake come from? Why is he a snake? What does that mean? And I think the Lord has just been teaching me, like, it's okay to have questions. Mm -hmm. Because I think we're taught a lot of times, not on purpose, but I think we're taught a lot of times to just think, You can't have questions because that shows doubt, or you can't have questions because that means you're questioning God, and there's a difference. Mm -hmm. But that it's okay to to not understand something, to have questions about it, and to want to know the answers. Yes, that's a healthy thing. But then not to focus all your heart and your time and your attention on getting an answer to that one question that you miss the point of the text, Mm -hmm. and that's um, I'm learning. as I go, this is not something I have mastered because I do, I hone in on one thing and I can't move on until I get an answer to that question. And that's that's not trusting God. Mm-hmm. That's saying I have to fully grasp it because I, like you
1: said, I'm trying to be omniscient mm-hmm. because I want to know it all. Well, and Jen Wilkins says where you have the divine and humanity, mm-hmm. when, where those two meet, there's mystery. Yes. Um, because we're not going to be able to understand the divine. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've heard... Recently, multiple people say, oh, you know, they just use mystery as as a cop out or as Mm -hmm. an excuse to not understand. Mm -hmm. And I could see how maybe some people would do that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's like you're saying, like there are sometimes that we have to just kind of sit in the not knowing and either believe that the Lord is going to reveal to us what is true about that. Or maybe it truly is part of his mystery. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Right. That's okay. Right. It's okay to want to know, but it's okay to not know the answer to Yes. Too.
0: Yes. Exactly. I think another thing that I've really been liking about like digging deep into studying this is just seeing the like the consistency of God and reminding myself, like yes. I said, that that four word. Summary of the Bible: This is God's redemptive story, mm-hmm. and keeping that in mind as I read this. Okay, the Tower of Babel: the people are disobeying, but God then disperses them because this is God's redemption story. This is not those people building the tower. This is not their story. They're in it; they're a part of it, but it's not their story. Mm-hmm. It's God's redemptive story, right. and keeping that in mind as we dig deeper into the questions like, "Where did the Satan? Where did the serpent?" things show up from? Why isn't there more explanation on this? You know what? It's God's redemptive story. It's not the snake's redemptive story. It doesn't matter yes, where he came from. Mm-hmm. So I think keeping that kind of in the back of my mind that this is God's redemptive story really helps keep perspective in in your questioning, but also in what you're reading. Mm-hmm. So these, these lines of this person lived this many years, fathered this many kids, lived this many years and then died. Like there's significance in that because this is God's redemptive story. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to know that he cares about the people. He cares about their names. He wants us to know how long they lived because there's significance in that in his story. Right. And I, and one more thing, one more thing, cause no, this is good. Um, is just that, that phrase that, that we were created to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion mm-hmm. over the earth. Yes. And just seeing that, consistently I never ever thought about that phrase like I just read past it but the amount of times we see that word for word or also like paraphrased in a different way and we'll continue to see that as we go on through Abraham through Isaac through Jacob through all these family lines we see that that God's still calling us to that even to this day even all the way through God is calling us to be fruitful and multiply whether that's literally, like bearing children, which I don't think mm-hmm. that means literally, but making saints and making mm-hmm. disciples. disciples. And I just, I love that. I love seeing the consistency of God in all different aspects.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, my youth pastor, I remember his very first, um, sermon mm-hmm. I, to the youth. I mean, speaking, teaching, whatever it was, what's our purpose? Mm-hmm. Why are we here? Mm-hmm. And he said to bring God glory yep to rule over the earth mm-hmm. that's that dominion yeah. and um to to be in relationship with god and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i looking back you know i didn't understand that and i still don't fully understand it now but i love that that has stuck in my head especially yeah. those first two those first two points to bring god glory yep. and to rule over the earth that's mm-hmm. that dominion mm-hmm. and you do you see that over and over and i think that being fruitful part is a big piece of bringing God glory. Yes. yes. And so, um, yeah, I love that. It's good. Good. All right. So let's give a little transition prep for what's
0: coming next. So even though it doesn't seem like we're halfway through Genesis because we're not, we're only in chapter 12, (laughs) but there, this is where that big kind of shift changes. Like Casey was saying from showing like God of creation and all of this kind of showing the whole earth, right? Here's everybody, the Tower of Babel, all of these things being fruitful and multiplying. And now we're gonna hone in on one well, starting out with one couple, right? And then one family line all the way through the the rest of Genesis. And like we're saying with the keeping the, um, the story as God's redemptive story in mind is going to really help in, in why we're honing in on this family and what that means and how it's going to really set us up. Like we said, from the very beginning of Genesis, this Bible, this Bible, this <laughs> book of the Bible really sets us up to understand the rest of the Bible, right? Cause we're going to see, yeah. you know, the creation of God's people and his covenant with them. And, um, you might not even know this, but the, like, and I don't think I even knew this even up a couple years ago. Like Moses has a lot to do with Abraham Mm -hmm. and Joseph and the Technicolor dream coat, if you will, (laughs) has, is, is how Moses has to end up leaving Egypt because Joseph, you know what I'm saying? Like it's Mm -hmm. all tied together. And I get so excited about that to just start to really see the threads that God's like interwoven together where A lot of times we just think of it as separate stories, Mm -hmm. separate books of the Bible. And now we're really going to see how it's all connected.
1: It's all connected, which makes it seem more real too, right? Right. It makes it like we learn history in school. And that's part of why I love, um, what we're doing with our, our kids, Classical Conversations. I love that program because it ties history mm-hmm. and the Bible together. Mm-hmm. There's no separation. Yeah. And so that's really cool because it is. It's history. It's yeah. our history. Yep. And so tying it all together like that makes it seem so much more real instead of just little storybook stories.
0: Yeah, and and one more plug for this little phrase, God redemptive story, is that it's not saying these are stories of God's redemption. It's one Story. story. It's God's redemptive mm-hmm. story and yep. these all these different characters are get to be a part of it, yep. including us.
1: Including us. Oh, so cool. All right,
0: so what do we want to say to prep for the next?
1: So, we start with Shim and this is um Chapter 11, verse 10. So we see Shem, and Shem's line was one of the lines that God said, or that Abraham, um, Abraham we're not too Abraham, <laughs> Noah, Noah said would be blessed. So we start with Shem, and it um, starts talking about his descendants, and we see Eber in there, mm-hmm. which is where we get the word Hebrew. Hebrew. And it actually refers to Eber back, all the way back, I mean, I guess you go forward, but in... Um, the gospel of, what is it? Is it Luke? Luke. Yes. And Luke. Yes. Um, we see that as well. So that's, that's really cool. Um, and then we keep going, going, going. And then we get to Nahor. And it says Nahor fathered Terah. And um, then Terah had Abram, another Nahor, and Haran. Mm-hmm. And so this is where it gets important. This is where it gets important. The rest of it wasn't important, (laughs) but this is where it gets important. No, it gets real important. It gets real important. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So we see that. um, Then it kind of zones in just on Terah's descendants, and it says, "Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran." So just kind of recapping that, and then it tells us that Haran fathered Lot, which Lot will come into play. Don't worry. We'll talk a lot about. We'll talk a lot about Lot. A lot about
1: (laughs) Lot.
0: (laughs) Um, And that was verse twenty-seven of chapter eleven. And then it talks about how they both got married, and um, Abraham married Sarai. Sorry, I'm going to keep doing that every time. He is Abram at this time, (laughs) and he was married to Sarai. And um, then it talks about Nahor and all that. Not important, as (laughs) Casey would say.
1: (laughs) It's important. It's all important. (laughs)
0: But then verse 30, we see that um, Sarai was barren. She was not able Mm -hmm. to have any children, which you might just read over that and not think of a big deal. But it will come into play next week when we talk about um, Abraham
1: and Sarai. Mm -hmm. And God's promise to Abraham. Yes, exactly. Yes.
0: Okay. And then we see that um, Abram's father, Terah, took Abram and Lot and his grandson and wait, no, that lot is his grandson. Okay. And their wives to leave Ur of the Chaldeans. Okay. Which this might not be that big of a deal, but it's reminding us of where they're coming from and mm-hmm. where where they're where going. They're going. Mm-hmm. So like we said, a lot of Genesis is giving them roots, roots and, and shoots. shoots. <laughs> and so they're going into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, not to the person Haran, but the city Haran. There's so That's many. Yes, again. it is. They settled there. And it says the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. So this is setting us up to launch us into chapter 12 where we're going to really focus and zone in on Abraham and God's Abraham Oh, every time he will be abraham he will be abraham (laughs) okay yes you're right okay thanks (laughs) thanks for helping me out there sister um so yes this is setting us up understanding how we got to abram how how it's related all the way back um part through the family lines and then how we're going to start moving forward from this point on with his family line and um i think we can leave with just this one page from the Jesus storybook yes, Bible. I you it. know, we always love to bring in the storybook Bible and this is, um, the story is called son of laughter and it's talking about Abram. I said it
1: right. Abram. Son so, of laughter. I wonder who that's referring to. Hmm.
0: So <laughs> it's, this is kind of transitioning us just like our, our whole point of this episode was to transition us from the first 11 chapters into now chapter 12 and on. And it says years passed and things didn't get any better. People were still just as cruel and mean to one another. They still got sick and died. God's world was still full of tears. It was never meant to be like this. But God was getting ready to do something about it. He was going to make all the wrong things right, and he was going to do it through a family. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend.
1: The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.